This is a Media 8 production. I'd just always been hungry and driven, even from the age of eight. That's when I knew I was going to dance. The first time I walked on stage, you know, and I was this fat kid. As soon as I got on stage, though, everything hit me. It was like slow motion. I'm coming out there, you know, and I could smell the hairspray. It was really cliche. And, and I remember this voice in my head. And I have a mate always says, when God speaks, and there's points in your life when you know it's sort of, it's being channeled. And at that age, it just said, you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life. The world is full of amazing people. And once a week, I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum, and this is Awesome Humans. Welcome to Awesome Humans. Originally from Brisbane, Australia, this Awesome Human is a classically trained, multi-talented performer and one of the original tap dogs. Early in his career, he was cast in Scher's Love Hurts tour. This opportunity culminated in an impressive 10-year touring relationship as Scher's lead dancer. His amazing talent drew the attention of many high-profile artists in the industry. His innovative and creative skills as a performer, choreographer and artistic consultant are now highly sought after the world over. He was a judge on the So You Think You Can Dance Australia alongside Paula Abdul and some other great names in the industry. He's also an accomplished actor. He's worked in theatre, including the Full Monty, Jive Junkies and some others, for being the face of Johnny Walker's Worldwise Advertising Campaign, Human. Keep walking. He's featured in films that include Titanic, Hook, The Curious Case case of Benjamin Button and the soon-to-be-released Bolden. His television credits include 24, Beastmaster, Nip Tuck, one of my favourite shows of all time, Fire Escape and Terminator, the Sarah Sarah Connor Chronicles, just to name a few. He's now touring the country with Ballet Revolution, uh, which is Ballet with Attitude. I'm very, very excited. I've got Aaron Cash in the studio. G'day, Aaron. Yeah, Brett. Thanks for having me. No worries at all, mate. Um, that's a pretty impressive start. It's weird listening to it. <laughs> it's like, really? I did all that? Oh, okay. Um, boy guess, from Brisbane done good. Boy from Brisbane, south side of Brisbane, mate. Sunnybank. Sunnybank. That, well, that's where I learned dancing. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. Where'd, where'd you sort of, where'd you grow up? Grew up Waterford, Mount Cravat, Sunnybank, Camp Hill, Green Slabs. I went to school at Cooper at a place called Villanova Boys College, Catholic yeah. Boys College, yeah. And have you been back there? Um, I have been back. We had an old boys reunion. I went about but maybe like five years ago, which was a lot of fun, catching up with a lot of the guys. I still keep in touch with a few of them. What do they do? They're bankers, accountants, you know. <laughs> You know, builders. Uh, builders, yeah, yeah, builders as well. They've all done really well, not, you know. I'm the thespian. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, looking at that, I things like Titanic and those sort of things which are, are obviously um, massive all around the world. What did you do in those? Like, did well, you dance? Did you act? What did dan- you do? Oh, Titanic's dancing, but, uh, you know, that came out of the blue. I, I'd been working on uh, Tap Dogs in Australia and I had enough of doing the tour. I didn't want to go on. I actually only did four months. We, I cre- created it with the other guys. Well, Dean Perry created it, but we were the original cast members. And uh, I'd moved back to the States um, with my then girlfriend at the time um, because Dean and I, great mates, we grew up together, but it was kind of at that point a little bit acrimonious between the two of us and I was just like, oh, I'm done. Um, and I, I just left because the working situation wasn't fun for me. So I came back to the States and honestly I was painting houses and I get a phone call one day out of the blue and it's my agent and they said, look, they're doing a workshop, which means, you know, you, you get together and you, you um, 
you skeleton crew, you, you work on things to see if they're going to work. So this woman was choreographing for this new film for a guy called James Cameron and they were shooting in Mexico and so they needed to do. There's nobody James Cameron, just this dude. Well, this dude yeah. James Cameron, well, this is before <laughs> Titanic. I mean, he'd done The Abyss yeah, yeah. and, yeah, of course people knew who he was. Um, and he, he wanted to do this folk dancing uh, different styles of folk dancing because you, you had a scene which was third class or steerage and all these people from all over the world traveling from from um, the UK over to to America. So you had Russians, you had Poles, you had Irishmen. So we had to come up with these all these different styles of dancing for this one amazing sort of dance scene. And I was, like I said, you know, trying to make some money painting houses. I get a call and one of the guys that was doing the workshop dropped out and they needed someone and my agent thought of me because and, and as luck would have it, it was about five minutes away. So I was able to sort of, I was working for a friend. Drop the paintbrush. Drop the paintbrush. <laughs> so, oh, you know, oh, sorry, mate, I've got to go and do some dancing. <laughs> and then and then we did that. We filmed it all. We sent it down to Cameron and they were only going to take one guy and one girl down to Mexico to teach all the extras um, this one dance scene. But he loved everything so much and he loved all of us. He said, oh, let's bring everyone down there. And by the time we got down there, it was already massively over budget. Yeah. Um, but you know, <laughs> in the horror story, so they're filming 18-hour days. There's no unions, laws or anything like that. We were on a union contract, but extras and not. So he's leaving them all in, in, um, in the water for hours on end filming and really? no, no bathroom breaks. So they're going. In the water, it doesn't matter. Well, that's what they're doing. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, oh my God! Yeah, but everything. Oh, it, you know, there the Chiquito floating. You know. <laughs> it's like Caddyshack the movie. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so then, hepatitis. It was A's like going rampant around around. But wow. she's like, "It's all right." But we get the, the, the choreographer. She says, "We arrive on that day. Look, it's all right. You know, welcome here." And she said, "You know, we're having a slight problem with you know hepatitis, but don't worry, we've got the vaccination coming. <laughs> it's okay. So you know, you will be vaccinated. But the bad news is, we don't get. We've run out of. It. We're not getting until Friday, and so we're, we're about to start work with the extras the next day. And it's like two hundred people, and it's hot. And they put us in these tents where it's plastic. It's all humid, and you see the condensation running down the walls. And they're all going like, <laughs> and you know, rubbing their hands. And the next, so the hepatitis is yeah, through the oh, air. No, and we're like, in Mexico, and then they're like, don't, don't eat this, don't eat that, don't have the lettuce, don't anything that's washed with the water. So we're all paranoid. And well, thankfully, after the first couple of days, no one got got the runs, and, and no one got sick. And it just turned out to be the most incredible job. Um, I was there for about three months. It, it was amazing. Wow, amazing so, experience. I'm, I'm sitting here looking over your shoulder and I, I see a young gentleman with very long hair and uh, a purple jacket on and there's someone on his arm. Is that sure? <laughs> that is sure, yeah. So how did that happen? How did, how did the whole sure thing How did the happen? whole sure thing happen? Is um, it sure or share? Share. She, yeah, she always goes, you guys butcher my name. Um, <laughs> Sorry, share. <laughs> so you want to like you're sharing something, you share a cup of coffee or share you know, some chips. Yeah, share. Yeah. Uh, so I had been in America working for a year and I, I painting or dancing? No, no dancing this time. Okay. And studying and uh, Kenny Ortega, who is a really well-known director choreographer, did High School Musical, Dirty Dancing. He was in the complex where I was taking class, was holding auditions upstairs, and he saw me in class and he said, "What's your story? I've never seen you around. Where are you from?" I said, oh, "I'm Australian. I'm here. You know, studying and, and got a visa to do a bit of work and study." He's like, oh, look, I'm having an audition upstairs. You want to come up and audition? So I auditioned for him. He loved me so much so I started assisting him. And then for like the next three, four months, I, he would fly me out of America and I would assist him and work on all these things. But then my visa ran out so I had to come back to Australia and I was here working for about a month, miserable dancing in a nightclub and then I was dressing on this show, 42nd Street, 
not even dancing, just dressing the dancers in the show, trying to make enough money to come back. So one day out of the blue, Kenny calls me. He says, what are you doing? Oh, I'm in Australia. My visa ran out. Oh, that's too bad. I'm having an audition on Thursday for Cher. And I've told her all about you. She hasn't toured in 10 years. And it's a big comeback tour. And you'd be amazing for the show. And I was like, oh, oh unfortunately, you know, I'm here. I've got commitments I can't make. <laughs> it's Cher. Sure. Sure, no, exactly. Well, that's what happened. I hung up and my roommate's like, you'd be bloody crazy. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Call him back and see if you had the job. So I called him back and he said, look, as far as I'm concerned, you've got the job. But she has final say on everyone. Now, this was Wednesday in Australia. And as you know, Australia's a day ahead of America. So... I was going into Her Majesty's Theatre, which is no longer there anymore in Sydney, uh, to dress the matinee show, two-show day Wednesday. And I went in there and, of course, I thought, okay, I've got to tell these guys that I can't do the show anymore because, you know, I need to come back to America to audition. And, of course, a beautiful room of all these gorgeous gay guys all in wardrobe. Like, oh, my God, share, darling, of course. Yes, we're going to make it happen for you. We'll <laughs> the play. icon. Exactly. They're like, how amazing. So they found a replacement for me, that, you know, and then they set that person and then I taught them the, my replacement show. And then in between the two shows, I taught one of the dancers in 42nd Street, my nightclub show, which was at Juliana's at the time at the Hilton, and they learnt that. And then I went home and I packed my bags and I, I tell the little white light on my mum and my stepdad at the time, I said I had the job so they could lend me the money. It was 2000 bucks to buy the ticket. I'd never seen that much money in my life, you know. So the next morning I get up, I go and I draw the money out of the Commonwealth Bank and then I go into the, you know, it's not internet. You've got to go into the physical, the travel agent and pay for the ticket get the ticket, come home, my friend takes me to the airport, get off uh, a plane in LA, my friend, other friend picks me up from there, takes me out to Mal um, Malibu to Pepperdine University because she lives out in Malibu and we had the auditions there and there's like 350 people there. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I've got to get this job, I've got to get this job, you know, how am I going to pay him back, you know, all this. And I lied to my mum. I know exactly <laughs> right, you know, we're just, you know, but, but um, so we go in, we learn the routine and normally when, when you're auditioning, You'll, everyone learns the routine, then they break you down into smaller groups. So you'll do it, guys will do it four, four or six at a time. So we all learned it. They've had the girls go first and the guys go first. And I think I was in like one of the last groups to go, four or five of us. And I danced my butt off. It's one of the moments in my life I feel I danced the best I've ever danced. And good that, timing. Yeah, very good timing. You know, well, fear was a great motivator. <laughs> of mum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, her, 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 her boyfriend at the time. Um, so we went outside, they made the first cut and we're all waiting. We go back inside and they say, all right, we're going to make our first cut. And can these people step forward? You know, Troy Burgess, Michelle Rudy, Aaron Cash. And they said, look, you guys have got the job. You can sit down and watch everyone else audition now. So wow. We got to sit down and, and Cher was there. She's sitting there at, at the, uh, the table there and she's got this little cat in the hat top hat on with these John Lennon cool glasses, <laughs> you know, it's all velvet. And we go over to meet her and she's like, Oh my God, she's like, you're such a great dancer. Oh, thank you so much. You know, and she goes, I'm going to call you Thaw because, you know, I had <laughs> the long hair. <laughs> and so after that, it was it was always Thor. And, you know, and I, I'd always get in the, the corny joke, you know, yes, after that dance routine, I'm a bit Thor. <laughs> oh, so I can't help it. Boom, Bucket of chips. So, awesome. And so you're with her for 10 years? 10 is it? years, yeah. And I had on tour the whole on time? On tour the whole time. Um, th there would be downtimes there as well. But I did a couple of music videos with her, Love and Understanding, and then uh, Not Enough Love and Under No, not Love and Understanding. And da -da -da -da, tears. I can't remember the name of it now. Well, you, the big oh. question everyone's going to want to know were you on the ship when she was sitting on the cannon? I wasn't. No, no. That was sort of a year and a half before I joined, which is a pity. Yeah, that would have been a good, an iconic. Because it could come back. It is probably the most iconic thing yeah. that she's done, isn't it? Yeah, right? amazing.
Amazing. And she's still touring. She's still going. She's about to come to Australia. Um, yeah, she's amazing. I'm broken down um, with metal hips and she's still going. So you can something. both on your Zimmer frames go yeah, out there exactly. and re- recreate yeah, the yeah, yeah, magic. D- definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so the other thing I really like to do on this podcast is learn about you and the stuff everyone knows about, like your So You Think You Could Dance Australia and you're on the telly out here and all that sort of stuff. But what's your first ever memory? Of uh, dance or? No, just first ever memory. First how far e- back can you how go? How far back can I go? How far I can go back to Holland Park where I was born, and I, I remember. Now prob- remember the birth. No, oh, I can remember. Thing. I can remember fourth birthday party, and having an Humpty Dumpty birthday cake. Wow. Um, and yeah, and and then our neighbours, who was my godfather, my uncle Charlie, were Torres Strait Islander, and having hungies under the. Yeah. They had they had the house on stilts, and every weekend under the house he had a pit. And that's and I, they're like my earliest memories. And then everyone around playing guitar and singing. Yeah. I love that island culture. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Just, it's it's awesome. They're down the local park near where we are is every weekend they all get together. All the, probably one family. Yep. There's like hundreds of them, and they all play the music. It's just so good to watch. It's so so fulfilling and loving. It's 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 amazing. Family. It's yeah. It's all everything. about. Yeah, exactly. It is. So school life. You went to school in in Brisbane. Yep. Yeah, South Brisbane. Yep. And was it good, bad, ugly? Were, were you bullied? Were you were you one of the cool kids? No, I wasn't really bullied. I mean, I was petrified as a young kid that I'd be find out that I would dance because it wasn't you know seventies in Brisbane. Go, you're a dancer, and then yeah. a couple of kids did, and you know, poof, the bloody dancer became the moniker for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I was also a really big kid. <laughs> oh, okay. So, and I played rugby and cricket, and I was really good at both of those things, and. Um, yeah, so that kind of worked in my favour a you're lot. You're a cool kid, but you also danced. Yeah, but I danced, you know. And then one time I remember in high school, probably about 13, 14, one of the kids had, or two of the kids had gone through my bag, you know, and had tights and a dance belt. Now, a dance belt's basically what holds your, your you know, the family jewels in place and, and the back part goes up your backside, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like a G-string for, for blokes. And ballet dancers, it's important to have that. Otherwise, it's flopping around on the tights. Yeah. Not very attractive. Um, well, it depends on the audience. Um, <laughs> but so anyway, these guys are running around with my tights and my, my, my dance belt on their head to dance support. And I thought, mate, if you knew where that had been. You <laughs> it's like a have jock it strap, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't have it on your head. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that, yeah, but schooling was great. I love school. I love my mates. Um, I had a really good upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. And then how old were you when you went to the States? 19. And was that? Just because that's what you wanted to do, or is that dance? I had a scholarship to study full time performing arts in Sydney at a place called Ross Commons Performing Arts Centre, and I moved there when I was sixteen. By the time I was nineteen, I you know I'd got into the Australian Ballet School, didn't want to do that. Um, also, Queensland um, um, Dance School of Excellence was another place I'd gone to. But my cousin was a man called Ross Coleman, who was a very prolific um, choreographer in Australia. And he said, there's more to you than just ballet and you're going to be bored. You need to do everything. And it's taken me longer to sort of fulfill all those elements to me. But um, he was really amazing and I've had a versatile career because of his guidance. He was really my first and greatest influence on my life. Um, and when I got to 19, I just felt like I, to push myself I needed to be in a larger pool because the things I was seeing on television and music videos were these guys doing incredible feats and I didn't see that here. And I thought, you know what, I need to be there. Steel, sharp and steel, man. That's where i got to be. And even if I'm the shittiest guy in the room, I'm still going to learn something. It's, um, it's amazing at such a young age that you, um, you, you have that 
fortitude or will to actually go and have a crack. Oh, yeah. Is that because the dance scene in Australia at the time wasn't as strong? There were some really good dancers here. Um, but, yeah, no, you know, people here, it's always that near enough's good enough sort of mentality and that wasn't good enough for me. I didn't, you know, two, three pirouettes, which is when you turn, you know. No, I want to do ten. I want to, you know, I want to dance harder and faster than 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 anyone else and, and be and I'm a big dude, you know. It's, it's like six foot I was six foot three. I've had two hip replacements. I'm about six foot two and a half now. Plus <laughs> <laughs> that's age. We all shrink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I just always been hungry and driven, even from the age of eight. That's when I knew I was gonna dance. First time I walked on stage, you know, and I was this fat kid. It was a defining moment. I remember, you know, it was at the Chanel Theatre in Brisbane and we were my dance teacher put us in blue speedos, and I, you know, and then nice look. oh, I was getting blue the speedos fats rolling over the oh, side. Nice. As soon as I got on stage, though, everything hit me. It was like slow motion. I'm coming out there, you know, and I could smell the hairspray. It was really cliched, you know, and the fats going up and down slow mo. Blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember this voice in my head, and I have a mate always says, "When God speaks, and there's points in your life when you know it's sort of it's being channeled." And yep. at that age, it just said, "You're going to be doing this for the rest of your life," and I went like. And I wasn't a smart kid by any, you know, the sharpest tool in the shed. Yeah. But that moment was like, yep, and that's sort of really all I've ever done. I'm a, I'm a true believer in people are destined to do what they should do. Mm. And um, there's a lot of people out there that could have been dancers or footballers or whatever that are actually working behind a bar or working at a desk job, absolutely hating life. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most important things that you've done at that early age is realised I'm going to have a crack. Mm. And... Um, there's two types of people in the world. There's doers and there's gunners. There's everyone going to do this and going to do that, never actually do anything. Or there's actually a doer who actually goes and actually does that. Mm-hmm. That's the type of people that I love because yeah. you get to see what their true potential are. Like uh, it's amazing how many people, uh, especially here in Australia, because there is that tall poppy um, syndrome where people get knocked down. And I'm sure you've seen that a lot, um, especially as a, a fat dancer in blue speedos. Oh my gosh. But, yeah. um, but, but the thing there is that I, I believe that, um, if everyone actually did what they wanted to do, how much better would the world be? It'd be how much more entertainment would there be? It'd be just such a amazing thing. It'd be a lot richer, I think. And people would be a lot more fulfilled too. And I, it's not always necessarily about, it's the journey, you know, I, it's a greater understanding of yourself more than anything else when you push yourself and you push those boundaries. And great, you want, you know, when they ever wants the outcome of maybe being rich and having all the material stuff, but it's, it's, for me, it's not about that. I just did a one man show in Los Angeles and it's been the scariest thing I've ever done because I wrote it. I, I wouldn't say I directed it, but basically I put it together. I choreographed it. It's me. There's nothing else to hide behind. So if it's the biggest piece of crap that ever existed then you know what it's only me to and i had a panic attack before i did the first one i wow. woke up at three in the morning i thought i was having a heart attack my wife's like oh you're stupid she's like <laughs> you love wives no, no i'm like i'm on the <laughs> toilet going like <laughs> <"Can't breathe." laughs> um but but i think that's if people have a crack and those fear is the biggest thing and you know if you can get over that fear and and take a risk you, you it's it just benefits you on a cellular and a soul level more than anything else, I think. And if it doesn't go anywhere, who cares? You had a crack. Exactly. Big deal. Most people don't. It's because everyone's uh, afraid of failure. Yeah. That's what it is, is, oh, you failed. Well, so? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> that's awesome. You yeah. failed, you learnt, yeah. move on. No, exactly. And that, and that's key. Do you get nervous still? Oh, absolutely. Before you do most things? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I saw you yesterday, you were on the, the Today Show here yeah. on Channel 9 with, yeah. uh, I think it was The Breakfast Show. Yeah. And uh, 
and uh, they were sort of having a bit of a laugh and a joke and you're in your three-piece suit and all very serious. And um, before those sort of things, do you find that you get more nervous or less nervous because there's cameras everywhere or because obviously dance is your main thing, like you just know how to do that? Mm. It's, it, those sort of speaking gigs, does that make it harder or easier? No, nah, it's easy. And I know that I've known those guys, both of them, for about 20, oh, that's 26 always handy. years. So they're, they're also friends of mine um, and I like that. But there, there was – a contentious issue before it happened not with any of them but with the guy the man that I work with at the moment Ballet Revolution and he was being quite difficult and I won't go into it but I could hear the whole conversation and it was he was being very disagreeable and I felt bad for them for the producer there was a young girl who also reminded me of one of my daughters and I, I thought I wouldn't want my daughter being going through this and having and I just you know there's no need to be like that but I had to put that out of my mind when I go in there, yep. you know, um, to, 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 to do it. But, no, I, I enjoy speaking and being in, in that sort of that capacity. Oh, yeah. that's great. So let's family. You, you, you're married, got kids. Married, second uh, marriage. Uh, we have a blended family. My stepdaughter is 26. She lives with us in, in Long Beach. And then I have two daughters from a previous marriage who are 25 and 23 that live in, in Paris. Yep. My first uh, wife was French and Italian and they grew up in Nice. But we see them all the time. My um, the middle daughter, she was just with us in, in Los Angeles with a boyfriend and they were having a bit of a tour around the States. Nice. So, yeah, it was good. We're, we're still all very close and we get together. And, of course, I'm you know surrounded by women. It's estrogen. <laughs> like on, <laughs> Estrogen hell. We're going to go shopping. Great. Uh, yeah, awesome. I'm not. No, exactly. <laughs> Where's the bar? Thanks anyway. <laughs> that was funny actually. We, we were speaking before we um, we started recording about how people do meetings different and things. And like in Australia, okay, well, do you want a beer or do you not want a beer, et cetera? In the States, that doesn't happen. Does oh, it? no. You know, it's a puritanical <laughs> thing. I would never go into a meeting in the States and say, oh, you know, oh, you want a beer or you have a glass of wine. And I was, we were talking earlier about I had a meeting in, in Sydney like, two days ago and, and with these really professional and accomplished people. And the wine was flowing and I didn't partake for at least the first 30, 35 minutes because, you know, I would never do that in America and I've been there that long now. And then after a while, they, you know, these two amazing women who are both super accomplished, Hong Kong and, and you know, Monte Carlo for years running the fan, um, Cannes Film Festival, and they both look at me and they're like, well, you're going to have a drink? I was like, oh, okay, so, you know, I had permission and it was all right. So, <laughs> and what was supposed to be like a half an hour meeting ended up going for like four and a half hours. <laughs> It's always the best meeting. Uh, so. It was brilliant. Mission accomplished. Yeah, exactly. In the end. That's all that matters. Um, you've done a lot. Mm. You've done all these things. You've done movies, theatre, dance, the whole lot. What's your greatest ever achievement? You had to pinpoint one. My greatest ever achievement. Um, probably. I don't know everyone says it, but I mean, I think my my family life yeah. because it wasn't easy, and and you know, my kids, my two daughters from my first wife. I wasn't really a great dad. I was never around that much. I might try to get there once a year, but regardless still where we are now and how everyone gets on, um, yeah, I just, I, they're really all, despite of me, exceptional people. Mm. You've got to be proud of that. Yeah, really proud of that. They're all highly accomplished and they, they're good people. Yeah, and that's all you can ask for, Yeah, especially with your kids. I've yeah. got four kids and yeah. my whole achievement in life is to make them nice people. Yeah. I don't care what they do. I don't care any of that sort of stuff. As long as you come out and you're kind, kindness yeah. wins in the end, and as long as you're, um, you're a nice person, uh, then you've done a good job. Yeah. So even though you say you weren't there during a lot of it, um, you've still obviously done a good job. They're yeah. wonderful people. That's all that matters. Yeah. And they, they, they get on um, with life as, yeah. as we all have to. Yeah. So we all grow up in different ways. So. 
Absolutely. Kindness, you hit that that's the word for me. You know, I, like you, I do a lot of keynote speaking and I always say to people, be kind. Yeah. Just, and that's, that's what they always say to my kids too, just be kind, be kind, you know. It's all we can ask for. Yeah. And if people were kinder, then there'd be a lot nicer people in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. And and it's funny because, like, you look at all these the, these asshole kids, let's call them that. Yeah. It's, they, don't, they learn that. Yeah. <laughs> people yeah. are born like kind people are born normal they learn these these traits and they learn these things so if your kids come out nice it's a big reflection on you so congratulations Thanks, well man. done cheers um business so do you what about ballet revolution how do i say it is that right yeah ballet revolution mm-hmm. um my wife went mad at me this morning because my daughter and my wife that's the only thing they wanted to see in dance and it was on three days ago <laughs> Oh my Oops. god! I, <laughs> I didn't even know. It's so like they come to me. I said, "I'm I'm interviewing Aaron Cash today," and they said, uh, "What from ballet?" And I said, "How did you know that?" Oh, because we've always wanted to go. And I'm just going, "You're oh kidding!" Oh my god! I could have. We could have done that. <laughs> oh, so I know easy. we could have, but that's fine. But yeah, so two days later, that's fine. Next oh, time we're next, there. Next time, time we're there. Yeah. Oh, we'll come to the states. Either yeah, way, even better. Even better. But. Um, yeah, my daughter loved dancing and, and mm. loved all that sort of stuff and that whole sort of ballet with a difference. That's yeah. that's all ballet with attitude I yeah. think you've got on your thing. Exactly. How did that start? What is it? You know, it, it's – I was brought into it. I mean, I've been there from the beginning, but you never know who you're going to meet and how they're going to affect your future. Yeah. So I met a guy about 26, 27 years ago. We were doing shitty shows in Sydney at the Botanic Gardens and these two – they were two English <laughs> blokes and they would lose their shirts. But they came from rich families and they always find this money to come on put put stuff on. So – we do these shows and then we get to about sort of a month before they were supposed to finish and they'd have no money and they'd be and the botanic gardens were always amazing. They say, Look, well, you can still have the venue. Don't worry. Beautiful about part it. of the world. Oh my gosh. Oh. It was amazing to work yeah. there. But then they couldn't pay anyone. So all the serious actors from NIDA and Whopper, they went back to being waiters because, you know, they had to get paid for what they were doing. Uh, and then all the other people that were just there to have a good time. We um we just and I always made decent money teaching dance. So I didn't, you know, I could I didn't need to to sort of and do anything else so we could have these performances and have a lot of fun and then afterwards we'd go down to the Bells pub at Willamaloo and whatever they took from the door and then we'd you know we'd have, have a lock-in and we'd have a few drinks a few laughs well these guys came good over time and over the last sort of 28 years around that time I've worked for them more than I've worked for anyone else so I'll get a call out of the blue hey you want to come to Africa and do Shakespeare in the Park or you want to come to Edinburgh Festival and do, do this show so they ended up in Cuba doing shows and salsa and mambo shows and about eight nine years ago one of them a guy called john lee called me up he's like kashi i want to do this ballet show with contemporary and, and classical ballet but I don't, I don't know what i'm looking at any chance you want to come to cuba have a few laughs and audition these people i'm like sure two days later why not why not i mean and i'd been sitting on my bum with one of my first hip replacement do i feel sorry for myself i'm not working <laughs> and you know out of the blue i'm no, become a waiter yeah like no, the ex- exactly right exactly right um or paint houses again. yeah paint houses yeah yeah um, in my blue speedos, so so John calls me two days later. I, I'm in, I'm in Havana and um, I'm auditioning dancers. And incredible, the talent there is unbelievable, you know. Um, so we picked a really good group and and did a photo shoot. And then he said, "Okay, you seem to know what you're doing. Do you want to help create the show?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'd love to." And I really I'd choreographed before for dancing schools and things like that, but I'd never wanted to be a choreographer. But out of necessity and need and, you know, I've got a family to feed and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll come on board. And then we put this show together. At first I used to walk in there every day thinking, okay, you don't know what you're doing. But then the other voice inside your head goes, well, hang on a second. You've had a lifetime as a dancer. You know how to put one step in front of the other and just, just you know, just one, do one step at a time. And then 
gradually would build up and build up and I started to get more confidence and then it turned out, you know, I, I felt comfortable doing it and had a little bit of skill at it. And I was pretty good at this. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it's um, – and also the incredible dancers. You know, they make my half-ass shit look good. <laughs> <laughs> They're exceptional. And it's one thing too to say, you know, the Cuban government, I don't want to get into politics or anything, but those people have very little and dance is an amazing way out for them. Okay. You know, and you overcoming odds. I mean, we have it easy. I recently we had a German um, journalist there looking at the last version of the show before it went to Germany, and she said, "Yes, well, you know, don't you think that Alvin Ailey is just as good?" And no, 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 like this, and see, Alvin Ailey's amazing, but all the kids that probably go to Alvin Ailey are probably, yeah, some of them come from poorer backgrounds, but these guys, have you ever spent a day with them? You know, there's no running water. You, get, you can't flush the toilet. There's been feces in there for like four days. The electricity goes out at least two or three times a day. They've got to get a bus from who knows where. They live, they sleep on cement. I mean, it's not the same. And yet they still excel. They still have this hunger. Mm. And that's why I, lo I love these people so much. And they give everything. Um, humans are pretty special. We can learn a lot from oh, absolutely from the way these people live, and that's that's reality. Yeah. Um. One of the things that we have an issue with is that our children live, um, this life. They just expect it, mm. and that's my fault, hundred percent. I put my hand up because yeah. that's the Me life too. I wanted to give them. Yeah. And that's the life that they've become accustomed to. They go out the back and jump on the boat and go out in the water. And it's like people, as you say, sleeping on concrete, yeah. shits in the toilet for yeah. weeks, all this yeah. sort of stuff, and they just don't understand. Mm -hmm. And but that's their reality. Mm. So that's, that's where we are. But the same as these people, that's their reality. They don't know any different, but yeah. they got off their ass and actually are doing something about yeah. it. And that, that's awesome. It is awesome. And what they do is when one of them makes it, like when, so when most of the kids will leave back from here, they'll go back with excess luggage because if one makes it, then everyone makes it because yeah. the family benefits. They're going back with TVs. Even to see, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, that's awesome. So the tour is a global tour. Are you just Australia. What's what's yeah, the plan? No, we've just we've been five months in Germany, and then we've come here. We finish up here, and then we'll have uh, I think another little little thing in in um, London later in the year. And then I think they're going to be off for for probably about eight months, and then we'll regroup again and then do it all again. So what happens to them then? Do they go back to Cuba? Do they live a better life? Do they go back to where they were? How does that work? Oh yeah, normally? these guys get paid really well. They go back to Cuba. They're rock stars and they're really, oh, okay. they're really good with their money too. So they're, they're very frugal. And a lot of them are going back and buying apartments or cars and things like awesome. that. Yeah, which is great. So they're also very smart. Um, and then they have other companies that they work with there because it's a socialist state or communist state. They're, they're they, how do you say it? Not owned. They 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 are, have a company that they're dedicated to. So depending on what their area expertise is, whether it's contemporary dance or, or cabaret dance or classical dance, they will go back into to that company as a state-run sort of um, scheme. Oh, okay. And they get like twenty bucks a month or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but that lets them live. So yeah, that's yeah, not no, a bad thing. Absolutely. Um, let's go back to when you were fat and blue speedos because mm. I think I've got this vision in my head, and <laughs> it's a great vision too. <laughs> Sorry. How did you get in? How did you get into dance? Like, my mother made me go. Did I was, she? Oh yeah, you kidding? <laughs> I, but I was one of these. Like most kids, you still have the joy in you. Most kids dance around it. But did I you was have like, sisters or anything? No, or you're no, just no. You? I was the oldest one, and then I have a younger brother who's about five years younger. Did he dance too? No, not at all. He wasn't made to. He was. He didn't like it. My, he was the rebel okay. child. Um, you know, no. He's uh, sort of he's, <laughs> you know. When mothers have two sons, you know, one's a senator and one, Alec Baldwin always says one's a senator and one's, you know, the the, the prison inmate. i got a brother uh, like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing that. You're hearing me. <laughs> so you know where I'm coming from. But he's, he's a good bloke. He's a good bloke. We get on pretty good now. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> this is it's a story of my life. Journey. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he's a good egg. Um, yeah, so mum, basically I'd dance around the, you know, the house. My dad would be out like mowing the front lawn. I'd be doing interpretive dance next to the mower, you know, like this. And he'd be like, Jesus Christ, not in the front yard, in the backyard. You know, it was um, the 70s in South Brisbane. No, exactly right. You know, we're like Algester or something like that, I think we were. Um, yeah, so she forced me to go and I hated it. It'd be raining outside. It's too dangerous. We can't go to dancing. Too dangerous to drive. And she'd be like, get your ass in the car. You know, my mom, we called her the dragon lady, you know, and, and those cork pumps would be on and they'd come flying across oh, the, oh man, oh. I'll tell you. So, you know, I get my bum in the car, quick smart. <laughs> it was safer in ballet class. And then you loved it. I fell in, love, fell in love with it. After about three months, four months, I got bit by the bug and I, I was the only boy in my class. It was another boy a year above me. And, you know, he was this Adonis, like bronze dozzy, just ripped, shredded. And here I was this fat Oompa Loompa, you know. <laughs> well, things change. Yeah, that's yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, weight, weights is a good thing to do. And yep, dancing with Sher for dancing, 10 years. Yeah, that work, you, the bumping <laughs> and grinding, you know. That. Well, that's the thing. It must must take a toll on your body though. Yeah. Well, I've had two hip replacements. My knees are pretty good. Um, That's really been the only thing. Um, But, yeah, I've given my, my body to dance and I wear it like a badge of honour. You know, otherwise I think I would regret, I wouldn't feel that I have given it everything and maybe I wasted opportunities. And You never want to waste an opportunity. No. So some quick fire questions for you. Go for it. Favourite food? Oh. <laughs> it wasn't very quick. No, not so quick. Sorry. So no, well, pizza. Let's go pizza. Pizza? <laughs> so bad. Vegemite, yes or no? Veg love. Yeah, do we import it? Yeah, oh yeah, I've got I've got a stash of it, yeah. and if I run out, I mean, I'll even do marmite if I'm desperate. Oh no, that's uh, not going. That's un-Australian. <laughs> Your favorite song? Favorite song? A oh, little red Corvette Prince. Favorite place in the world? Fingal. Fingal Bay. Fingal Head. Fingal Heads. Yeah. Lovely, beautiful. Um, what's next? Uh, back to LA, doing my one-man show with Last Dance. We've been invited to do it on Broadway. I got, I entered it into wow. a um, a United Solo Festival, which is the biggest like one-person show festival in the world, and that happens in September. So we got picked. Like Billy Crystal's done it, Laguiziamo, all these amazing actors, and we'll be there September thirtieth. It's on Broadway on Forty Second Street. Amazing. Uh, yeah. So that's. So I get ready for that. I've got uh, two shows in LA. And yeah, that's kind of the immediate thing. So, which means I've been here for three weeks, catching up with people, eating and drinking, and and just <laughs> abusing my body. I've actually got to go back and get back into shape. <laughs> well, mate, thanks so much for for coming to see me. One of the best things I've got out of this whole thing is that I love the fact when Aussies live in in America or anywhere in the world and don't lose their accent. That is so good. I was expecting to come in here and the whole Greg Norman thing, you know, the accent. Awesome. So thanks so much for not losing the accent. Oh, look. It's, it's, it's awesome. You've done some amazing things, and um, but you're, you're a true Aussie at heart, mate, and from everything you've done and the kindness that you show, you're an awesome human. So thanks so much for hey, spending Brent. some time with me. Thanks for having me. No worries. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. And what an amazing human. Don't forget to hit us up on all the social channels at BJ Macker. And look out for more Meteorate podcasts.